Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. All right. Well, quick update. Thomas Tuna. Ta-ta. Gone from the avalanche. A couple hours ago, right? Traded for a fifth round pick to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, let's just open it up right there, right away. Megan, what do you see in this, and did you expect it? I didn't expect it to happen right now, but the stylistic fit for Tatar and looking ahead at the opportunity that will be available for him later in the season started to make less sense. And I'm sure we can get into the nuances of it a little bit later, but I want to credit the front office for bringing him on board to the Avs in the first place because it made all the sense in the world. It was low risk, high reward, and I think that's what made it easy for it to happen now, right? One year, 1.5. That's not the cheapest contract in the world, but for the caliber of player that I believe that he still is, I think that makes it easy to entice a team like Seattle. And as far as the stylistic misfit, nine points, 27 games, one goal, eight assists. It just didn't cut it for the production they need in the top six. And when they're looking down the line, is a Landeskog a possibility for the playoffs? I don't know, but if there's optimism around his return for playoffs, that's just going to be one winger spot then in the top six that is committed to. And then the other is, is Kovalenko a fit in the top six down the line? That's another winger spot that is also maybe in the middle six that they're looking to fill. That third line feels a little bit untouchable too, that I don't know that they're trying to put Tomas Tatar there and break up the chemistry of Wood, Colton and O'Connor. And then we're looking at the fourth line, and that just doesn't really feel like a stylistic fit for what Tomas Tatar is. I don't think his time with the Avs is anything to hang his hat on. I think that he was a great personality fit in the room, and they really did enjoy having him. But the opportunity just started to make less and less sense. And I like to see him go to a team that I think can be a playoff contender. I imagine, too, this is something that he's agreeable to as well. And I look at the reasons it makes sense for Seattle right now is just looking at them not having Burakovsky available to them in the playoffs. If injury were to be a recurring issue for Burakovsky, who has been out of their lineup due to injury again, Tomas Tatar can be a really solid depth option for their middle six, and that was something that they needed to replenish. And so it makes a lot of sense in terms of role. I don't think that he hurt the Avs when he was in the lineup, but I don't think he made the impact that they needed him to have. And this removes a contract. It alleviates some cap space, though it's not a crazy amount. It does feel like there is then something coming along in, in the waiting. And... I look at the health of their defense with McCarr and Manson not being at 100%. 
honestly from the start of the year. I think that it's been different things, but I do wonder if even though Malinsky and Caleb Jones have been adequate depth options for the bottom of the decor, if maybe that's an area that they're looking to get a little bit more insurance moving forward. I like it. What about you? My friend, AJ. Yeah, I, um, you know, the cost is essentially nothing. Uh, the return is not significant. A fifth round pick is whatever. It feels like at this point it would be pretty surprising if they kept that pick, um, you know. But with Tatar, it was, it's disappointing. Um, yeah. You know, when they signed him, it was kind of that, like, it felt like it really brought the forward court together you know, on paper. It was like, who's going to be in this role and who's going to be in this role and where is it all going? You know, the, all the all the roster baiting had him as a perfect fit. You know, he was a, and, and a guy that didn't need to play on a top line to be successful. He could help in a middle six. He was versatile. He could do a lot of things. Good two-way player. He's smart. He's a veteran guy. Long track record of success. All of it, like, it should have worked. It should have worked, and it's disappointing that it didn't. Um, but I, I think the writing has been on the wall for a while that, you know, the, the quiet games are just so quiet. And at a million and a half uh, on a, on a one-year deal, like, there's no risk for Seattle here. There's, there's really just no risk involved for anybody. Tatar gets a chance to go and play for a team where he'll probably be a better fit. They won't play as fast as what the Avalanche would like to play, which would help him. Um, two two up tempo teams in New Jersey and now Colorado have been comfortable moving on from him. Yeah, and so I think that maybe at this point that uh, a Seattle type of team uh, just might end up being a better fit for him, and that's that's fine. Like I'm less concerned about how Tatar does in Seattle at this point. You know, yeah. good luck, whatever. Um, but. The fifth and the fifth round pick is nothing, you know. But I think the contract is an important uh, consideration. We saw they, you know, when they signed Kiviranta, you know, they started to stack up some contracts there, and so getting rid of one of them is like, okay, you can work with this. The next, uh, I, I think, the next part of it is what's next, because you can't make any kind of argument that the Avalanche are better with a fifth round pick and not Tomas Tatar. You know, Kovalenko on the way, Lekkonen back from injury at some point, and hopefully Landeskog comes back. Great. When those things happen, they're going to be really, really, really good. There are an undetermined number of games until that takes place. So what's next? What's the plan? You know, you've... You know, I, I had mentioned your second second line, which has kind of become like your leftover line. Hmm. Um, you know, because your top guys are your top guys at this point. Uh, and your third line, as you said, it's untouchable. You don't mess with that. And your fourth line, you know who that group is. Yeah. You know, it's Cogliano. It's Olofsson. Uh, it's, at the moment, Ben Myers. It's Kiviranta. It's McDermott. That grouping isn't going to change much. So what's next? Who's going to play next to Jonathan Duran and Ryan Johansson for the moment? You know, when, when if Arturi Lekkanen was healthy right now, you don't have any problems. You just drop him in there and you go. And that line gets the adult that it needs. Great. But until that happens, you still have games to play. And you still have to ice somebody. It, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to just become, well, we're now an 11-7 team. You know, like that's so it that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and I don't know where, who's the obvious answer here. It's not 
Ben Myers. It's not Kibi Ranta. Those are guys that are fine in the roles that they're in. I mean, do, do you really, are you going to put Oscar Olauson on the ice next to Jonathan Duran and Ryan Johansson? You're not, you're not putting that guy in there. You're not setting him up for success. It's the same, the same thing is true of Riley Tufty. Like you're, it's, it, if you want to work with those guys, if you want to work with the lines that we've kind of, that they've worked through uh, recently and the ones that have actually clicked a little bit, then you have a hole there. So it makes me wonder what's next. And if they want to turn on and flip that pick for somebody and just for my money, I don't, I don't feel like they would have done this if they hadn't already had a conversation league wide about availability of other guys you know, the Zach Parise stuff started becoming a conversation yesterday. If they're involved in that, he's the he's an adult. He's a good little worker. He's got enough skill still that he would be a good fit there. And, you know, kind of like McKinnon, Ryan Johansson needs a good little worker. You know, he needs he needs a high effort high energy, energy kind of guy to kind of do some of the stuff that that Johansson's not going to be great at. And if you can get one that plays with pace. You get a guy that fits with the general ethos of the avalanche. So, you know, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm going to look at Chicago. I'm going to wonder about a guy like Jason Dickinson, you know, that, a guy that, yeah, he'd be overplayed in that role, but he's been overplayed in that role in Chicago. He's been okay. In a healthy avalanche lineup, that guy can move down for you. And if he becomes like your 4C type, fine. Which one's that? So what? Which which one are you talking about? Dickinson. Well, Dickinson. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like that's just a, and that's just a name off the top of my head. It's not you know it's. It, no, I, I mean I, not I heard say. you say a name, but the music's loud. I didn't hear. Yeah, no, name. it's all good. No, I agree. So I you know agree. something like that, I think would just make sense. That's just me spitballing though. Um, uh, so no, I'm, say it's the Beauvillier of the world. Beauvillier is a bigger contract. Yeah, the money's exactly. got to fit, but something like that. You know exactly. What I mean? like, yeah. And a guy, uh, you know, and, and a, a guy, worker. the archetype of a Dickinson type is a guy that can fill in to that spot for a little while. Lekkonen comes back and then he drops down into your lineup to do a more appropriate role. The money fits. He's a guy that, you know, hey, you, right now, the, let's be honest here. You have a question mark about Frederick Olofsson. And if Jason, Jason Dickinson ends up becoming your fourth line center long term and is, you know, somewhere else in your lineup replacing Tatar then this all makes way more sense but just just this in a vacuum on its own doesn't make a lot of sense right now because you still have games to play yeah so you know that fifth round pick's not going to play probably never going to play for the avalanche we're honest but it's not going to play for the avalanche in the next couple of months so what's next what's the plan yeah where do they go from here well if I just put my two cents which is very similar to you guys it's it reminds me a lot of Vegas when he got. I mean, I was doing TV for Vegas when he came in from Detroit for that first and second rounder, and it wasn't a fit. He's just lost in the lineup. They didn't yeah. know where to put him. It was the same thing with the power play. He wasn't getting power play time there. Here he was getting 10 seconds, 12 seconds, not a lot. I don't even know what his average was per game, but it can't be that much. As we know, the Avalanche yeah. first power play unit usually eats the whole thing. Um, you fall behind the eight ball a little bit. You start gripping the stick. He had some missed opportunities. He had some whiffs. He had some empty nets. Um, then he scores a big goal against Calgary a couple of the, what is it, two games ago, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, the experiment lasted 25 plus games. I think that's plenty of time to see uh, what experienced people. If you know, meaning you know, C Mac, Joe, whoever, Bedsy, you know, the guys, the coaching staff. That that it's not a fit. Like it's not working. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean that he's a bad player. I think he's going to do well in Seattle. Very structured team. He is a structured player. He's a very intelligent player. He's a Detroit Red Wing draft pick. Like the Red Wings or not, back in those days, 15, 20 years ago, all they did was draft high IQ players. That That is a known fact. He is very smart. Um, great guy. Wish him nothing but the best. But yeah. you're right. To answer, to go back to, you know, having worked with teams too, a lot of times it's a domino thing, right? So you have three moves to do to make your final moves, right? And that's looks like this is the first one of something and then you hope that the next one moves or maybe the next one is the whoever we're talking about whatever it is yeah is it freeing up cap money is it is it for acquiring a player is it you know and then you hope that it happens but sometimes it doesn't happen the first part happens and the second part doesn't happen or the third part so hopefully that's not the case if not there's some guys can but be right today a fifth round pick does nothing for you yeah um as a player in the dressing room not that Thomas Tatar's got one goal in 30 games, you know? Uh, you don't care about draft picks. Yeah. You really don't give a nice excuse about draft picks, you know? Coaches don't care about draft picks, you know? I don't care if it's a first-rounder, you know? They care about players that can help them win today. So, of course, it is a hole because Thomas Tatar's an experienced NHL player, and now he's not there tomorrow. So now you have to fill that with, what, something, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, whoever's going to play tomorrow, I don't know. Is it, did they call up Riley Tufty or is it, but I mean, I know there's people there that are scratches in last game. So there's still, Kiviranta was there, was healthy. So it's probably going to be him, right? I mean, if nobody gets called up, you're thinking Kiviranta is going to get it. Obviously, it's for a one day solution. I'm not saying on that line, but like, you're right. You're not going to mess with your first line. You're not going to mess with your chaos energy line. <laughs> yeah. Cogliano is your fourth line, you know, right? I, with Olofsson. So, uh, you know, okay. So now you just got to figure out how do you get that. Yeah. You know, again, I'm not being disrespectful of those guys. But Druin, Tatar, and Rigel have not produced at a rate that they should be, especially on a secondary you're not the top line. You're not playing against the top NDs. You're not playing against, you know what I mean? You should yeah. have plenty of room to be more productive from those guys. They just haven't. So now that's the consequences, yeah. right? And then we talked about it last week, and we said it, like, I think the experience is probably over now. You got to do something about it. So who knows what the something's got to be about it. But if I go back to you, Megan, and I say, in, in in 20 seconds, what do you... Let's just play GM here. What do you think it is that they're doing, assuming that they're doing something? It's interesting because... And you're next. Looking at the Lekkanen timeline, optimistically, yeah. we're looking at four to five weeks for his return yeah. from this point on. And so that's a significant amount of season to oh, yeah. roll the die at Riley Tufty, for example. Yeah. But even as I see it, I see the affinity that they have for Riley Tufty, especially Bednar seems to have for him and I don't know if they can handle four to five weeks of Riley Tufty until Lekkanen returns yeah. and then they look then at targeting a defenseman like I suggested yep, earlier yep. or if they view that four to five week period as essential in bringing on somebody else that like a Jason Dickinson 
could be on a fourth line later in the season, and it makes sense there. Because I think that's the issue they run into with Tatar. He didn't make sense on a fourth line. Yeah. If they are targeting a forward, I so. do think it needs to be somebody who has that flexibility in their game to be able to play up in the lineup as a second line winger and down in the lineup as a fourth line. I mean, I'm saying wing, but they have needed center depth too. So I, I will not limit it to just wing. And if there is someone who has center flexibility as well, yeah. I think that would be interesting just because Bednar has recently joked about the lack of center depth and how, you know, outside of Olsen, there aren't a lot of options there. Um, so I won't totally limit it. I don't have a player specifically in mind. I just think it's an interesting problem to deal with for four to five weeks because yeah. they don't want to lock them in, themselves into somebody that's not going to be useful on a fourth line down the line because that is Lekkonen's spot and that is yeah. potentially a Landeskog or a Kovalenko. I won't get carried away with that, but yeah. they need somebody then with that flexibility. Your yeah. side. I mean, for me, I'm, I guess I'll just roll with Jason Dickinson. Just right. I like it. No, but it makes, it makes a lot it's of just, sense. It's just the archetype of the guy that, that came to mind and Chicago's a team that should be trying to move guys and um, off the top of my head, I don't even know what his contract status is. I don't know if he's signed for another year, if he's an expiring. It would really help if he's expiring uh, and he's less than a million and a half. He's Jason Dickinson, so I'm just guessing that he is, but I don't know that for sure. Um, but, like, that kind of guy where you can put him there for a couple of weeks to survive. It's a veteran guy. You just, you're not asking the world of him. Just, hey, we're trying to stay afloat here. Lekkonen comes back and then you move on. And then when a Kovalenko comes, when you know, and then if you get a Landeskog back, then okay, we don't we don't need this from you. So yeah, and and it's a very specific thing. All right, we need a guy that can play on a second line or a fourth line, and I guess in theory a third line if if need be. But also he's got to be cheap and he's got to be good. He's got to fit what we do. <laughs> Uh, and it would be great if he could play center, too. Right. Also, if he could penalty kill, so when Kiviranta is not in the lineup yeah. because his spot gets taken. Exactly. Can he also PK specialist. Penalty kill. Can he also be a great guy in the room for Megan's sake? And, you know. After yeah. Evan Rodriguez left, it hasn't oh. been the same. He was so good. I miss, the, I miss him every day. He's been so good in Florida. He's been so good that, in Florida. Yeah. It's like, uh, damn it. But, also, can he not cost very much? Exactly. That wouldn't have made any sense. So, you know. No, he's not going anywhere. Very specific uh, set of needs here. Yeah, not so. asking for too much. Just all of those seven things. Yeah, exactly. Like, we need him to check, like, very six very specific boxes here. I don't know. Just go get Elias Lindholm and move Ryan Johansson oh to the God, wing. Oh, my God. I was just going to do it. God, you took it away. I'm like, okay, I'm going to think bigger. I'm going to think bigger here. I'm going to go with the old man thought process here. Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm not that dumb and very smart, very smart. Not as smart, but I'm not good in math. Obviously, the math doesn't, you don't get rid of Tuna Tatar and you bring in Elias uh, Lindholm. But you're asking me if that's the home run? That is the home yeah, run. For me, is you go for the case. home run. I don't know how you do it. We would have to think about it, and I'm sure we turn off the cameras right now. We could figure it out because we're smart, <laughs> the three of us, and Rudo. We'll get Rudo on the on the line, but yeah. But if I'm C Mac and Joel, you know, I Calgary, it's gonna happen. I'm in my book. He's gone. Uh, I, I think he's gone. And this is you're talking about a fit here for the Avalanche. 
I don't know how you do it. It's going to cost you because there's going to be a lot of teams after him. You're talking about PPPK, second line center, smartest, one of the smartest players in the National Hockey League. That's your guy. Yeah, and that in that case, you would probably have to move Rijo too. And so well, you would probably ask Calgary for like, hey, let's get one of those. Saying. Let's get a depth guy alongside yeah. Lindholm too that can play kind of do some of the Tatar thing and then later yeah. on in the year he can be wherever he's going to yeah. be in the lineup. But if you get Lindholm, you honestly don't really care at that point. No, Put Riley Tufty next to him. I don't, I don't give a uh, shit, man. Yeah, that's fine. He'll, he'll make anyone better. He'll make yeah, me exa- better. Exactly. I'll make me come out like, of retirement be decent. Nah, I don't think so. Guy's great. But, yeah, he's awesome. But, and again, I'm not saying Dickinson's or the answers weren't good. I'm saying as we were talking about I'm like, yeah. oh my god, let's just think bigger for a second. You know no, what I mean? I like, you know what I mean? And it's like I think it's doable. Again, I'm not a capologist, but I understand that there's a lot more to it than yeah. just, you know. Uh, but I think somebody will pull the trigger on him. He's going to be the best player available at the deadline, most likely. The Zadorov so. return surprised me, and it made yeah. me feel like, is there a vulnerability in Calgary to to get a, a player for maybe, like, to think bigger? And I don't know. I, I imagine... It, it would be a much bigger return for Calgary than Zadorov was, but yeah, it made me think that the possibility could be there for a Lindholm. I'm just taking a team. I mean, and if we're there's gonna any pressure coming from within, if Lindholm has asked for this and desires this in any way, I can't imagine Colorado isn't a destination. Even Parisi, what you were saying, like you're Zach Parisi, you've never won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, your dad. His dad won one or two, so there is a rivalry there. You know what I mean? You want to, you know, you want to match your yeah. dad or beat him. Um, I also why, don't know Zach Parise at all, but getting the opportunity to come back in division with Minnesota and stick it to them might be something that appeals to him. But I'm, but if you're, it if may you, not. No, I don't if, know. But if you're a guy like that, no offense to uh, San Jose, like you're not coming to play for San Jose in the standings where yeah, they are. You're not coming back just to say you're playing. You're coming back because you want to win. Yeah. And usually, so I'm sure that's an opportunity they're looking at, you know. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And like I said, sometimes those dominoes work and sometimes they don't. And then you're like, what were they doing, you know? But you got to try. You got to make the first one work before you get to the next one or the third one. So, but that's about it. And yeah. we wish Tuna Tatar the best of luck. And uh, that's it for today. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. 
Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.